<laughs> Welcome to our panel about uh, LGBTQ plus communities. Um, I hope that you're all having a good community con, whatever is that that's meant for you. Um, so we're <laughs> aiming to have uh, you all take away from this panel sort of an appreciation for the work that communities you're part of put in place to make them safe and inviting and maybe how to be a better member and ally in diverse community and spaces. Um, so this, this panel should equip you with some insights about how we've started our communities so that you could start a community for yourself around um, maybe you're a streamer and you want to form a community or you have a common interest that you want to share with people, your sexuality, gender, hobbies. The options are basically limitless um, for people that you want to meet online and engage around an exciting and passionate idea. Um, so I'm Matt. I'm one of the founders of Boston Gamers, which is a regional group for the New England area for LGB2 plus people that play video games more specifically. Um, our mission is to just create a social group um, where people can share their love of gaming, meet new friends, form lasting relationships, and just have a good time, basically. It's not much more than that. That's a, I think that's a viable mission. So we host both in-person and online events. So we've had some interesting experiences uh fend from both transitioning online relationships into real life relationships and vice versa um so i want to thank all the other panelists and they'll invite themselves i mean uh, introduce themselves now um so i guess whoever wants to go next feel free or maybe i should I, name somebody I, i'll jump in <laughs> <laughs> okay that's that amazing silence um I'm Robin. Uh, I'm the founder of Gaming Magazine, Gaming with a Y, of course. Um, we are one year old. We launched this time last year, 1st of June last year. Um, and we are the world's only LGBT video game themed magazine. We started out, um, basically, we cover everything, written, audios, uh, reviews, Everything else related to sort of gaming, LGBT gaming, queer gaming, uh, and sort of a adjacent, friendly, fun games. Um, we run a website, which is basically where the whole magazine is, which is gamingmag.com. Um, we have a Discord. We have a podcast, the Gaming Podcast. Uh, the Discord uh, is brand, literally brand new. We started it in February of this year. Uh, so I'm coming to this discussion in more of a community sense in the broadest of terms around a, a media platform basically rather than actual physical groups um so i'm very happy to be here uh, it's all very exciting um we have a specific sort of problem obviously with the fact we do events and our summer events got cancelled so we pivoted into doing digital stuff and we're running our digi pride which started in the first of june and runs all the way through to the end of August um, across, again, across the website, across magazine, across podcast, uh, and around our Discord. Uh, so, yeah, that's me. I suppose I'll go because I know that Lombax doesn't want to. So then wow. you can be last, lol. Okay. Um, I go by Cerberus or Serbi on Discord, um, but in real life, people call me Dre, and I own and work on multiple LGBT-related servers, including um, LGBTQ plus lounge. And essentially, it's a worldwide server. Like, we have people from all over that we just want people to have others that are like them to talk to without any sort of uh, 
discrimination brought upon them. It's kind of just like a safe space to communicate with either allies or people within the community. All right. Um, I'm Lombax or Lombi in my server or pirate in real life. I'm Philip. Um, I'm one of the admins of Gay Geeks. I've been an admin for almost almost three years now. We're about to hit our three-year anniversary in September. Uh, but we've been on Facebook for a long time. This is the Discord side of this. And uh, pretty much what we, we do, pretty much everything. We, we have like general chats that talk about everything ranging from topics of the day to games, uh, movies. It's supposed to be a pretty inclusive thing for everyone's geeky interests. Uh, I joined back in October end of september in 2017 and i've been uh, an admin since 2018 okay <laughs> yep. so i guess that's a little bit about the four of us that will be having this sort of freeform conversation around some topics that we uh or lessons that we have learned uh through our experiences um so i guess i make form this and that I'll just probably mention a talking point, <laughs> which we have talked about previously a little bit about, and then we'll elaborate on sort of the lessons we learned around this particular um, talking point or just general feelings we have. And, we're, and we'll be monitoring the questions channel as well so that if you have specific questions about the topics that we're going to talk about or another topic towards the end that you think we should talk about, we'll do that. Um, so a general topic, um, which is important to form any these type of communities or manage it, um, would be what is the mission goal um, or what does it mean to be a good member of a community? Um, so I know for us, I stated sort of in my introduction that our goal from the get-go was to make an environment which people felt safe to share their interests, but also form meaningful and long-lasting relationships. Because we have that whole thing where you might meet people online, you might become best friends in real life, vice versa, all of that type of stuff. Um, so for us, from the get-go, we wanted to set the tone, we wanted to set the rules and the mission, all about that. We didn't want our community to become a place that was... Um, for lack of better, like where it's a not safe for workplace, where it's just a place that people come to um, share th share things of that variety or whatever. We didn't want it to become another gay space that was just about dating or something like that. We wanted to create a, a perceived to us unique space where people in our area to you know come and make friends. Um, so from, from up for us, when we first started, we came up with that goal and then we've implemented it and we've grown around that goal because I feel like we formed a, um, kind of a core community. So I guess if anyone else of you, you want to start the conversation around <laughs> missions, goals, and what being a good member means, uh, feel free to chime in and we'll, we'll go back and forth on that topic. <laughs> well, we're learning. We're learning. Yeah. <laughs> Stunning silence. Yeah. Um, I don't think we, like we really had a specific goal in mind, other than I guess just like a broad sense of wanting to have a community where people can 
talk safely and not have to worry about uh like in in the past right the lgbt community has been like ostracized from most of society in one way or another and so it was more just kind of a place to be safe and talk about pretty much anything that you wanted to for me in any way within reason obviously Mm -hmm. um but like because like we don't necessarily focus on just gaming or just on um meetups or getting together things like that Mm -hmm. yeah um, we created um our community based around the fact that to this day as we all know um the gamer world is still pretty homophobic transphobic every kind of phobic um you only have to look at when microsoft xbox playstation switch whatever switch their um avatars out for pride uh, themed ones and the comment section beneath that so for us creating a magazine creating a space where people could read about their passions in, in a way that was from people that wrote about those passions as well. So the fact we gave voice to all of our sort of freelance writers that do amazing work, um, the community that sort of built itself around that, you do feel like it's an absolutely necessary thing. Um, what's always amuses me to this day is that people within our own community can equally be uh, various types of phobic as well. And we were having a conversation about that earlier about a certain troubled um, fantasy writer um, <laughs> that that may or may not have talked about wizards, um, and 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 that sort of um, yeah. I mean, ha- having a, a Discord that is is sort of a, an LGBT Discord and still having those sort of layers of problems within there um, was an interesting experience for us. So we sort of. I'm I'm super proud of the community that we've got. I'm super proud of what we do. Um, having sort of 40,000 people read us every month is amazing. But still, the, the fight isn't over. We've only just started, really. Um, and that's the, it's interesting. We built a community around that um, as opposed to a geographical location like Boston or um, the more broader LGBT um, side of things, like the LGBTQ lounge or whatever sort of thing. So that was really interesting we come at it from that kind of angle but yeah that there are still problems there are still challenges we had an interesting discussion earlier about um 18 plus and nsfw channels um that was an interesting (laughs) development how if you put a load of gays in one room various pictures start to (laughs) start start to emerge (laughs) yeah i think i think with like goals it's it was i think for gay geeks it was a lot of it was trying to make safe space for people who can talk about everything from video games to movies to what's going on because honestly a lot of people in the lgb community are closeted or they live in a country that they could get killed if they came Mm -hmm. out and i we we have members from all over the world and i think that's you know very important is to create a community in which they can feel safe to express themselves without fear of either being kicked out by their parents or being you know stoned in public or whatever happens they you know they want to be in a safe place where they can talk with people the same you know orientation or gender even just the broad community as a whole because they want to be able to be open about themselves yeah and i think it's very hard to do that where they live sometimes oh definitely i live in like san francisco now and the atmosphere here like as far as the lgbt um community 
compared to where I used to live in like the central southern U.S. is a completely different world. Like I knew more about religion than most people who went to church because that was the only way that I could stay safe because I was closeted. Where like if I got asked, um, you know, what church do you go to? I had an entire list of churches already built up in my head that I could potentially say that you know, I was looking at or just checking around because that was the only safe way for me to live within the Bible Belt and not, you know, be targeted for it. So the whole online deal and being able to hide behind an identity on here and then not have to worry about someone trying to target me for it is so much better. But I think we've made some progress in the world. I would like to think that anyway, but... There's still, like you said, a lot of work to do. That's for sure. I mean, no matter where you go, I mean, people think of certain places like I think Boston would be probably one of those places or San Francisco even where people would think that these are liberal places. You're going to not run into um, these issues as much, which I mean, to some extent, it's true. You run into different set of issues, unfortunately. And for us, I mean, in Boston, we still run into issues where events are, there might be some violence outside of a particular event or something like that. Or um, we've experienced different levels of um, people reaching out or whatever on various apps to people that have attended our events and basically have harassed them or whatever. So. We are still, like, I agree with Robin again that, like, we're still at the beginnings of of trying to really root out a lot of these issues. And a lot of what we're doing or other communities out there creating safe spaces for people to kind of escape from that a little bit, be able to recharge, and then maybe go back out there and continue their fights is kind of really important. So that's another good thing that all of this uh, online presence is, is doing for people. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, go on. Sorry, I, I was about to say, I think mission-wise, I think it's interesting that we, and I know we've come to this from different places, because remember um, Boston was saying that you obviously had, um, you came from digital environment and they started doing physical events, um, mm. whereas, so that's, that's an interesting sort of thing. We've sort of built up trying to do a bit of everything all at the same time. But it's interesting how these past few months of uh, coronavirus has forced us all now to sort of become a lot more digitally proactive. Uh, like, I said, like I said before, it's, we had a series of events in the UK planned for the summer months that got scrapped and we pivoted into a much more sort of digital activation. Um, so as a mission, being able to offer that, I think, I think it's a really good thing. Like I was so focused on delivering uh, physical events that I think sometimes maybe I neglected the digital side of things. And now I'm I'm sat here talking to people around the world um, in a way that I probably would never have thought about. Um, so that's it's interesting as as a mission goes that trying to reach out not just into our immediate communities but beyond around the world um, is a really positive thing. Yeah, I think as we were kind of hinting on earlier, it's uh, with the whole situation that's going on, safe spaces have sort of 
changed a little bit in that how people are maybe using them. So mm. I mean I mean I know we've seen an increased amount of people who just need social activity going on and they're getting that through our space. So they're either they want to watch TV shows together or something that's not necessarily in line with our direct mission, which was maybe about gaming, but has now become more about just supporting our community and offering people those spaces that they need to remain social and to, you know, get that fix. And I think we were all saying that we've probably seen similar from our communities around that, right? So, yeah, especially with like the members that are ranging from 13 and their 20s that are in school that have been forced to stay at home because the virus they had to you know do online schooling or their schools just got flat out canceled you know it, it's helpful for us to provide a space for them to be happy and talk with others especially when they're usually being like most of us probably in this panel are quite stir crazy at home <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so we got a question from preston about I guess, how can game developers do better for the cause of LGBT plus um, inclusivity? So we, we talked a little bit, uh, and we'll talk about trolls as well, I'm sure. That's going to come up a bunch of times. Um, so I guess we talked briefly about when we were coming up with ideas for what we wanted to actually talk about. We talked about the sense of inclusivity and visibility. And I think... To some extent, what if you can do things? I mean, there are limitations on all of this because they're in physical spaces that have limitations about, you know, how many roles we could have or, or you know, what we could do. But allowing people to just find others that are of similar identity to them, which is sort of what we've all been talking about in some way or another in our in our missions and our our um, communities, is just really important. Just having just having characters in games, having members of your community who are visible, who say, you know, I am this and I am unashamed of being this, really just does, it, it, just that does a lot for people, I guess. I mean, what are your, what is everyone else's thoughts on, on that um, particular? I did have um, a couple of things about this. Like I went to a panel uh, my first year of PAX, actually, that was based just around like... Um, LGBT community within gaming atmosphere, like developers and things like that. Like they had groups from Twitch, groups from uh, I believe Riot at the time, and a couple other companies, uh, Bungie, and stuff like that. But we didn't really talk about the inclusivity in the games as much because it was more about like how it was at those companies. But I think like something that I personally would love to see that I know a lot of people struggle with is like. For me, being trans, when I get to play as a character in a game, I want to play as how I feel I should look or somewhat, right? So, like, if there's a game, um, Warframe is actually one of them, that there's a lot of really cool characters, but the only way to play that character is as a female. And for me, that's not really something that I'm interested in, so I refuse to play those characters. Like, I'll only play the male appearing characters because that's how I identify. Because for me, gaming, like, I can kind of live as myself through the game, if that makes sense. Are you so, looking forward to Cyberpunk? Yes, actually. 
Yeah, because I was about to say that one. Like genuine, the potentially the genuinely historic sort of way of being able to craft a character. Yeah, like, you know, not just necessarily having the male-female binary that everyone has in all of their mm. games, but, like, even having a character that is completely gender-neutral is has been, like, quite refreshing to see. Um, I know a lot of people brought it up, but, like, Animal Crossing... Uh, with the character creation, they have some pretty decent stuff with that where you can't tell what gender it is because that's kind of the point. And um, another thing is like, don't just have a token LGBT person in your game or, or character to where them being gay or them being a lesbian or them being trans is the entire thing that defines that character. Like, it's so much more than that. Like, I refuse... Like, I hate labeling myself as trans because that's not who I am. Like, I'm so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think um, for me, one of the sort of things that, I mean, I'm just reading the question again, obviously, beyond um, including sort of character creations and stuff. So one of the really important things for me is, is, is about community. It's about how they develop their communities. So obviously, we know many games... Um, for example, Overwatch, where rightly or wrongly, they've outed some of their players in the comics. And, they, and it'll be interesting to see how, when they bring the story mode into Overwatch 2, whether they actually do embrace that in the game or whether it sticks into that, into the sort of side um, fringes. But the community management and community managers for the games companies, I think, are really important. I think they need to make their spaces more welcoming. I think they need to have... Mm -hmm. Uh, moderators more actively um, welcoming people from all backgrounds. It doesn't necessarily have to just be LGBT. It can be um, ethnic backgrounds, any kind of background that is more welcoming. And they, they do need to take action um, on all of the hate and all of the trolls going, so like picking up on Ellie's point as well. Um, I think it's, it's absolutely vital that these spaces become safe spaces for people that just enjoy the game. Like take away all the sort of the negativity and just make it game based and, and let's all just enjoy that game and enjoy playing that game. So for me, actually community management is probably the, the one thing that really sticks out. Yeah, I've actually been really proud of um, Bungie lately. Like people complain about them and the game mm. nonstop, but like <laughs> they're super welcoming to their community. Like I see them constantly interacting with them, whereas like other games, I don't necessarily see that all the time. And it's nice to know that I can go up to someone like TMG or Luke Smith, who I talked to at PAX for like an hour last year in line and say, hey, I have, you know, an issue with this and they will actually make it their personal problem to solve. Like stuff like that has been great. Um, my like Steam it has somewhat changed their policies on these things as well, where my Steam name used to be my old dead name. And it was very uncomfortable for me to even share my Steam profile because of that. And then it turns out that like if you are trans and you have a dead name associated to your account, you can actually write in and they will help you change it and remove it from your history so that people cannot find that out about you. So you're not outing yourself by gaming and being targeted. I think it's little, it's, it's, it's little changes, but what is inherently very significant changes. Mm -hmm. it's, those, it's those sort of things that really, really is a way of sort of stepping this whole conversation forward. 
And I think it is it's it is taking a very hard look at your mm-hmm. fans. Do you want these people as your fans, really? And how many times, and, and I'm not going to sit here and sort of talk shit about anybody, but how many times mm-hmm. do you... I'll go on. No, I'm joking. Um, how many times do you see large companies that are like, oh, we can't control our fans. Our fans are our fans. They're a separate entity. Yeah. It's like that they're on your mm-hmm. server. It's a private server. Kick them. It's very straightforward. <laughs> but yeah. I, I agree. That kind of lines up with something I said earlier when we were talking, which is like, don't be afraid to get rid of the toxic people. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish more game developers would do that. Like if you see this person who is actively being this toxic yeah. in your game towards yep. anyone for any reason, like it doesn't even matter what, if you remove them, so many more people will come out of the woodwork to actually talk and participate in your community, in your game, in you know, whatever you're doing, because they were afraid to talk before because of all the hate they saw from the toxic people. Yes, that's that that absolutely. Yeah, that kind, of, that kind of also transitions to our next one. Oh, does it? <laughs> of the time, yeah, we want to make sure we stay on track. Uh, yes, with actively stopping trolls. Um, I know me and Dre and uh, Robin, Evan, we all talked together about it. Uh, but uh, main thing that we do with a lot of servers is their gated communities, and everyone hates the word gatekeeper and gated community but the idea is pretty much usually we have a bot or you can do it manually that usually uh, when people join they either have to accept rules uh, they have to post an introduction mm-hmm. and they get and most trolls will get really pissed off nine times out of ten and start spamming immediately in the introductions and get caught mm-hmm. and, and bit banned some are a little sneaky and they get into the server and they wait and they post something or you know, they usually post within the first few minutes. Some are really sneaky and they'll lurk for a very long time and then just do like a mass ping and then fail and then get banned. Yeah. But typically trolls are not the best at getting into servers once there's a system in place that locks them out. Um, most, a lot of servers, even develop, even game developer servers do it. They use, a lot of them have gated communities in some way. Like some don't even allow you to post pictures until you've been in the server for four days or some servers have a timer that you can't even talk until 24 hours have passed. So it's, there's yeah. many different ways to do it. It varies from server to server and also varies on the scale of your server. Yeah, Actually, I think it, it also yeah. just relates to the culture of your server as well. If a lot of people support your server and your cause and people make sure they report issues as they arise, maybe because the moderators didn't see them. This is sort of related to like, more subtle trolling or just people who don't fit into your server. Um, sometimes you don't see things. Um, mm-hmm. We have limited resources available. We're all volunteering. Um, things can slip through the cracks. And if you have a community itself that is diligent, and this sort of hits back to being a better member of a community. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you want to see a community succeed and you're not a moderator, you can still do something about it. You can still make your opinions known to the team you can tell us when issues arise um there's you can keep the culture going and support you know the mission that the server the community has by just being an active member and making sure that people are you know acting in a way that fits the culture and mission so yeah because we're not around 100 percent of the time to see the trolls and it's actually wonderful when we have Members that are very active and warn us. 
That's why moderator yeah. pings exist. That's why they tell you tell Absolutely. us to ping staff. Yep. That's why it exists. Absolutely. I, I think it's really important that people have that self-policing um, side. As you say, build, building a community of people that actually genuinely want to be there. They look out for the server. They want to be in the server. Um, and even beyond the server, um, people that are reading the website or in the Facebook groups or whatever, just people that look out for it because they want to make it a, the best possible community they can. So having people that are, have got your back as organizers, um, I think is really important. And that's how, going back, way back to the first question, which is about how you can be a better member. Um, I think it's just taking some responsibility, really. Okay. Well, that, that answers the two questions we got posed so far, so keep them coming. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Preston, yeah. Preston notes that um, you know, a, a lot of bots nowadays do have censored words. Um, Giggy excuses censored words. So, you know, if someone tries to drop the N-word, it gets caught. If someone tries to uh, say the F-word or if someone mm -hmm. tries to spam something, 99 times, time, 99 times out of 10, 100, a bot's going to catch it and it's going to get auto-deleted. Yeah. It's often a good way to have censored words in your server. Uh, another thing that kind of ties into that as well is like um, finding a community on Discord. Like if, if your community is specifically hosted on Discord, like reading the support articles or finding someone who does know a bit more about the platform and like how it works and how you can combat some of these issues, especially with bots or just like reporting and working with trust and safety to try and resolve some of those issues has been really, really helpful over the years because like as much as the current LGBT servers on Discord are getting raided during Pride Month, it is nothing compared to two years ago when there was no anti-abuse and mm -hmm. the like working with the platform that you choose to be on has been a great thing to see go from it's really horrible experience for moderators during that time to what we learned that year to now where we have still some people trickling through, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And so like knowing all of your options on how to set things up, who you can work with, who you can reach out to, like censored words with bots is great, but how do you also prevent that same user from going to another server and doing it? Well, report it but most people don't know how to report users and so just kind of like doing your research on the platform as well or if you don't know it find someone who does that can help you walk you through it has been a great thing that has taught me a lot and now I'm in the position where I help teach other people how to do that for sure like using all of your tools um, that you have at your disposal rather than just one or two types of things really does make a difference in how a community is run on this platform anyway. Yeah, trust and safety is there for you, especially when you're dealing with the raiders. You, they're raiding multiple servers and you finally get acquire where server they're in. It'll be dealt with. But the whole point is you do need to report to them because else they will not hear anything and they will yeah. not know what you're doing. Yeah, well, I think to a degree. To a, to a degree, <laughs> yes. But they will, they prefer reports more than anything. They are not eyes and ears everywhere. Yeah, I think this sort of relates to our goal of maybe if people on here are looking for advice for how to actually start 
communities like this. I think one of the major things is what um, Dre is saying, which is just like, you can reach out to any of us. I mean, any, any, I would say your major things when you start a community like, like this sort of thing is to reach out to people who have already done it. Reach out to resources, tools that have already been made. Because a lot of these, like we're having a panel literally about this, lessons <laughs> that we learned while making these communities. We've learned things. We've made mistakes. And it would be better if people didn't make the same mistakes we did because they can learn from us. So really just going out there, getting all the tools um, and talking to as many people as you can to learn um, is really definitely the best way to do that. And as we can segue a little bit into um, maybe the community and size um, sort of thing, like when you're creating a community like this, it's, it's not about the number of members um, is a really important point because I think it's very easy now in the always connected social um, media life that when you create something, you're always looking at the numbers, the followers, the members. And I think what we have learned is it's more about the community. It's what you're bringing to people by them being a member of your server, your community. Um, they're the people that are going to keep coming back and being active members, being those vigilant members that are connected, uh, protecting the core and the culture of the community. Um, just trying to get as many people to join as possible is not going to essentially create a safe space that's welcoming for a bunch of other people necessarily. Um, so I guess I think Drave has some thoughts about this probably, but um, yeah. Yeah. You pretty much touched on all of it. <laughs> yeah. um, like I, I did start off kind of just like, oh, we don't have you know, that many members and whatnot. And that was one of my mistakes kind of early on was worrying more about that rather than the quality of like the community itself. And over the years, it's kind of just like I get tired of drama really fast. I don't I don't care <laughs> for drama. I don't have time for it. Like I'd rather be spending time with my dog than dealing with someone else's drama. and um you know, once I stopped focusing on the numbers and more about the quality of the server and the content of like the community and what was brought forth, it seemed to get, you know, so much better. Um, Discord, for example, has a prune feature where you can remove people from your server that have been inactive for a certain period of time. And I go in there every month and I prune for a 30 day of inactivity, which is, has actually, slowed down a lot of the toxicity because all the people who you know they don't show up for months at a time and then they come in and they spout homophobic things six months later well they're not there because i've already pruned them from the server and so it, it's kind of cut down on a lot of that and i've noticed that more like there's more activity overall and to me that's more important for people to to be active in the community rather than just, oh, I have a 250,000 people server. That's nice, but you may only have 10 people talking. And what kind of community is that? Yeah, exactly. Like key examples of that are a lot of the big game servers. You know, they have, you know, a lot of people like to join them and they'll, there are some act, there's a lot of activity in them, but you know, 200,000 people with only, you know, hundred actives talking. It's, it's much more about the active members that are contributing to your community than, 
whether yeah. or not you've hit server cap multiple times or something. <laughs> and I think something that a lot of people like forget about too with Discord specifically is, um, you know, there's billions of people on this planet and there's hundreds of millions of users that use Discord. The majority of servers are not even over 100 people. And people are worried about, I want to have 10,000 members. And it's just like, cool, but that doesn't matter. Like, the majority of people are in servers that are under 100 people in size because it, to them, it is also about their community and not about how many people that they have. And if you want a larger server, I guess my biggest advice would be plan it out before you get large. You need to know where you want to go, how you want to moderate it. You need to know like how you're going to deal with certain growing pains because the more people you have that are active, the more mods you need. Like when Lounge was smaller, it was fine to go to sleep and not worry if a mod was on or not. Now it's kind of like, well, I hope you know, if someone's not online, I need to stay online type of thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess we got a good question from uh, chat or just a general statement that I guess we can talk about. And uh, this was the issue with calling something a safe space is you need to define who it is safe for, who it will be centered around, and who will be prioritized for feeling welcome. There is no such thing as universal safety. I guess is their thoughts on that particular topic. I feel like we probably have thoughts. <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah, because saying that it's a safe space, like if a Nazi tried to come into my server <laughs> and start spouting yeah. like racist memes, then obviously it's not a safe space for them. It's a very toxic environment for them because I'm going to ban them. Mm -hmm. um, I think more the, it's very important, like something that else that we had on our topic list is our rule set. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the rules I have specifically is there is no discrimination for anything, period. I don't care if you're discriminating because someone has green hair. It, I'm not going to tolerate it because the moment that that starts, it leads into like a whole slippery slide of anything else you could possibly start discriminating against others for. Yeah. Like, I just, as long as you are not <laughs> calling out another group, I think should in theory be fine. Yeah, I think specifically for that. The thing is, there is a lot of definitions or ways you could say something is some places a safe space. I mean, I think for us, our goal was to at least make it a place where people are gaming or talking about gaming where they're not going to encounter. Um, the typical discrimination that you would encounter if you're just playing, you know, basically any multiplayer game that's online right now. Like if you can find a group of five people to play, let's say League of Legends with from our server, mm. and you're not going to experience everyone flaming you the same way, maybe <laughs> using the F word <laughs> or whatever. Um, that's sort of the vibe that we were going with. And I think it is true that you have to make clear who you are trying to provide safety from and maybe make it clear what is accepted or not in your server. Like Dre is saying no type of discrimination is allowed in, um, in their server, you know, but at the same time, it's a, it's an evolving thing. Um, that's another part where members in your server 
if they're going to be good members and help cultivate the community, they're going to come forward and they're going to say, well, this thing that happens is not, doesn't make me comfortable. And then you can reevaluate and figure out, you know, maybe that is a legitimate concern and we need to do something about those things. And that's how your role sets evolve. That's how your culture evolves in your, in your community is basically trying to make your, your members feel, you know, welcomed and included. There's yeah. an interesting there's an interesting point that picks up on some of the discussion that's currently happening on Twitch um, mm-hmm. that we had, and I, I sort of joked about it a little bit earlier about the whole JK Rowling thing. Um, I'm we, so sorry. I know. I know. We, we had somebody um, basically in uh, our Discord base, uh, saying that they, they agreed with uh, JK's... Um, weird post that she did um and i was it was early in the morning so i was anyone really awake that was sort of paying attention to these things and it became that kind of discussion uh like there is happening on twitch about do you do you let people make statements um that are opinion um and that's where this is the first time like i say we only started our discord in february it's the first real kind of challenge to the whole safe space slash freedom of speech slash no real freedom of consequence discussion that we entered into. And so I tried to let him have his say and then basically said, right, that's that. Let's walk away. He kept going. And then it became, um, then it became a shit show in a way of us having to sort of like, okay, fine. You're taking it too far. Because he made a point, he agreed with, and that's fine. You express your opinion. Obviously, from our side of things, it's the wrong opinion, but it's an opinion. <laughs> right. um, but he made an opinion. And so do I just instantly kick him or do I just because, but again, this is obviously where, as relative newcomers to this whole space, obviously when we were talking earlier, Cerberus, um, we were saying like, if you just have these statements in your rules, you just kick them because you just don't allow that to even brew. Right. Um, so, sorry. well, with that, it's more like if someone comes in and they're like, they call me some transphobic name, right? Mm. I'm instantly probably going to get rid of them because they yeah. came in. They're very clearly trying to disrupt chat. Yeah. But if I have someone join and then, you know, they're actually trying to have a very serious conversation with respect to others or not doing anything to be inflammatory mm. in it. Like it, it all just really depends on the situation mm. and how you feel like the, the, the sense you're getting from the situation itself. So if it appears that they are actually trying to actively learn or have a legitimate conversation about this to either educate themselves or figure out, you know, just get a different perspective. Mm. I think that's fine. Uh, it's more of a once it hits a certain point, and most of the time you can usually tell when that point is. Yeah, I, I spotted it. <laughs> yeah. Um, once it hits that point, that's when it needs to be shut down, yeah. usually. I don't really have a good way to accurately describe how to deduce when that point is, but usually if you're actively reading the conversation, you can usually tell. Um, it, is, it is the problem of a text-based interface, though, yeah. as you say, that you, you're not talking to this person in real real life. You're not seeing the look on their face when they're sort of... Because I, I felt like it started out as a learning point. 
I really yeah, did. I, really I thought it was, it, 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 it was a conversation that could easily be a learning point, which we could have worked on. But then it just, I sort of said, well, that's, that's an opinion. These, this, we're very obviously um, defensive and stand up for our trans allies and trans friends in the community. And that's just as it is. And then he started to go, well, so I'm not allowed my opinion. And it was at that point that I'm starting to, oh, we're starting to, you're not listening. And we're starting mm-hmm. to stray into, yep. into the land of you're just going to start making louder and louder shit posts. So it was yep. that kind of like, it's time to go. And that's um, usually when you can tell, like, in, in my experience, and I, I think I said this earlier in our conversation too, mm-hmm. is that like, a lot of the phobia, like it, even with the current Black Lives Matter thing going on with the police and everything, a lot of that, a lot of homophobia from my personal experiences, this isn't always true, but it is usually stemmed out of fear of the yep. unknown. Yep. Like they, like my own family is just, I completely cut them out of my life and wouldn't even talk to them for years because they were just absolutely rude and completely transphobic. And it took them having to learn or get more information on the subject or like what my experiences were or how, you know, certain things happened or how I arrived at this conclusion for them to even understand. But they had to be willing to listen to the point. And if they're not willing to listen, then I can't talk to you. Yeah. Because it, it's talking to a brick wall and there's no point. It's a yeah, waste of my exactly. time. Yeah, I think and, that's, and that, that's where we got to. Yeah, yeah, that's the important point is to give. Like, I think there are a lot of legitimate learning experiences that can happen even within safe spaces. And it's really about giving a space, but really analyzing when that point has crossed that it's not useful um that that's at least what we have found because we've definitely had those situations where and and i think for us whenever it gets beyond just like inquisitive asking questions type deal into like getting the sense that this person is angry and just going to continue to be angry Mm -hmm. that is it i mean it's very hard to tell that over text but if people are starting to use like insults or anything like that it, it's just really past the point of anyone learning anything from that experience well and it's even hard like with insults because mm-hmm. um like growing up in the south uh someone might use the fag word right mm-hmm. and not know why that's insulting to someone mm-hmm. in the community mm-hmm. and so the only way that they know to phrase the question is with an insult and like like um, Robin said, it's really hard with text to tell like that you don't have the body language cues. You don't have um, the vocal tone and inflection. Like I have no idea if this person's actually saying it to be rude and insensitive or if they're, they just don't know of another term. And it's just, there's some tells online, which I think I said earlier, it's like trolls run out of, um, creativity or creative juice on their naming <laughs> for accounts like wow. and i i gave a specific example of like the, the bag of potatoes so you know if they join and their name is bag of potatoes and then they also have a actual bag of potatoes as their profile picture i am 95 percent certain they're already <laughs> a troll and about to be banned from my server uh, and it's just like yesterday we had someone just called the box and sure enough they were banned within about two minutes 
And so there's some tells to that. Um, I know Tess asked in the Discord chat, uh, which this kind of leads to, can you talk mm -hmm. about the staff and moderator portion and then finding appropriate people to help you manage a server? I feel like that is a big part of having a successful community. For me, we have mod apps open all the time. I actually have them linked to a Google forum that is then linked through a, uh, a webhook that posts in an internal staff chat for us to look at the responses. But a lot of like choosing moderation comes down to who is active in your community and not necessarily are they the best member, but even if they've done something bad in the past, but they weren't banned, have they changed their behavior? Have they learned from it? Because those are the types of people you probably want to moderate. Because I don't know a single person who hasn't made a mistake, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I think like for us, I, it, was, it was very much those people, like I was talking about that, like they were the defenders of the community were people that we targeted. So I guess if you have any of those type of people, when an issue comes forward and they're the person sending you a report about it, or they're saying actively in chat, we don't do that here or something. Those might be people that you want to look at as well, but continue. Sorry, I cut you off. Oh no. I mean, that was a perfect transition. Cause like, that's basically what I was going to say is it just like, I, I see a lot of communities and I've been guilty of this myself that they say no mini modding. But but why? <laughs> like, yeah. um, as long as it's not rude, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, like, these people are trying to actively help your mod team and help you keep the community going. And it's not necessarily that they're trying to be a mod. They're like, it's their place too. It's their home too. Especially now with everyone stuck at home. Like, this is their home away from you know, wherever they are in reality. Some people use these online platforms to get away from their reality, like if they're closeted. Yeah. And it, yeah, sorry. It, it comes back to what I was saying earlier about just being a responsible member by yeah. standing up for your server, standing up for your community, help out. It's like yeah. picking up litter around your neighborhood. Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing. Yeah. And, and honestly, when we review staff apps, we first look at the, the activity. We look, you know, we look, you know, we look at whether or not you meet the age requirements, you pass the, qual the qualifications, but we also look at how active you are and whether or not we actually know you. And we ask people, you know, what you think of them. And <laughs> that's, I mean, it's important because like, you know, we, we can't see everything. So we can't like look at like this, this person that's applying and be like, oh, I played with them like 10,000 times. Like some people are really active and we've never really talked to them. Yeah, but, I wasn't but, laughing like yeah. at you. I was laughing oh, no, at the age requirement <laughs> because then that made me think of the whole like the 18 plus and the NSFW oh, God. content. And it's just, just I've learned just don't do it in general. <laughs> yeah, you, you, your mods don't want to see dicks. Well, they might do. But <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's their decision then, isn't it, really? But, <laughs> but you can just go to Google and do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to come yeah. to my community and there's, there's plenty of There's plenty of dick on the internet. Just go and... <laughs> we, we don't need it in Discord. <laughs> like, oh, there's only so many ways you can take a picture of that. And let me tell you, it is not fascinating at all yeah like if you if you think you're genius you are not <laughs> do you ever get surprised by the one angle that you go i never knew they could do that 
I can't say I have in a very long time now. <laughs> <laughs> Try harder, everyone. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, like the whole like NSFW talk topic servers, I think it really depends, right? I see some trans related uh servers that do have an NSFW marked channel. And it's not necessarily for like sex related talk, but they talk about things that relate to transition or relate to them mm -hmm. as an LGBT mm -hmm. member, because obviously like talking about top surgery or whatever is not something that you necessarily want to have to worry about as a 13 year old who is allowed to be on this platform. And so some of those are age gated, but my overall experience with communities, not just on discord, but like in the past, because I've been moderating for 10 plus years now is just don't just don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I don't want to see it. I don't want to moderate it. I don't want to put my moderators through moderating that. Yeah. And then on top of that, when you call that out, you suddenly have this nice community that mm -hmm. is more about the friendships and things rather than, you know, just, I want to see a picture of Dick. Okay, cool. I heard yeah. that Pornhub is free during COVID. So go there. <laughs> go, go there, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, and then it falls into the whole realm of like, are the person catfishing? Are they posting something that they shouldn't be posting? It, yeah. Or are it, they it becomes like a regulation nightmare. And do I have to worry about that? Or can I get in trouble as an adult letting some underage person view this 18 plus channel, even though I have no idea that they're lying? It just, it's too much. It's, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. much. I think for us, it there is a legitimate space for kind of what um, Cerebus is talking about with maybe there are not places where people can talk about those things with other friends or whatever. So we've run, we have conversations in particular places in our Discord, which are opt-in and 18 plus, which have to do maybe about sexual health or um things because obviously our public education systems do a very poor job <laughs> of teaching sex ed to uh especially around lgbt uh, yeah. people. um so some people have legitimate questions and once they've become part of your community and they actually trust the people there they might want to start asking those questions so you know that's the only type of nsfw stuff that i would support currently in my thought process i'm definitely not about moderating all said pictures of privates <laughs> as well so i mean but you know but you know yeah you're right i mean especially because most of the school systems just teach like abstinence or something and it's just yeah. like, and that's not, not really an answer that's yeah. not that's just not having sex that's the answer apparently but i don't even know yeah. like what is uh what does the uk do for that robin could maybe enlighten um, us up until um, the year 2000, we had, um, it was in a thing called Section 28, which was instituted in the mid-80s by Margaret Thatcher, um, which basically banned the teaching of homosexuality in schools. So, okay. I, I, and, and I lived through that. So I was, I was going through school um, from like 97 through to early 2000. So I was in a case of like, we were sat in front of a, in a sex ed class talking about how men have sex with women and that's it. And that's the end of the discussion. So you kind of got a bit of sexual health in a sense about sort of putting condoms on bananas and that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. it, it didn't, it, 
it didn't, it, it didn't really get, get yeah <laughs> it didn't really get any further into that so for me yes if i was i mean it's, it's nothing that gaming has got anywhere near um we I, I think it would be sort of it's not particularly our place necessarily however um the one thing we don't have in the uk is prep we do not have uh free and easy access through the nhs to prep it's all private you have to pay a lot a lot of money so if if that ever changed, um, then we might embrace that. Um, that being said, 60-odd percent of our readership for gaming is based in the States. So we actually, uh, we sort of have to make sure that our messaging is is useful to everybody. But I, we'd never really strayed into that 18-plus area. And I think if yeah. we did, it, it would be definitely positive messaging. It certainly mm. wouldn't be... Hey, here's here's some more dick. Um, <laughs> that's, that's just, we don't we don't need that. And, and, I, and similarly, we we touched on it earlier really quickly about dating as well. I, I wouldn't touch that with a barge pole. You, you're no, never gonna you are never gonna see me set up gaming dating. And if you do see gaming dating, gaming with a Y, uh, that's not me. So please don't <laughs> <laughs> please don't please don't link the two things together. And and that's not to say that I I discourage people from dating. I think people obviously they're grown ups. They do what they need to do. But for me, I just. I think a community that's built around people like speed dating and that sort of thing, I just think it's, it's riddled with problems. Um, mm-hmm. They tend to be super toxic or just very like, yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and I think it'd be catfishing. I think it'd be problems around um, toxicity of, of rumors and the rumor mill. And, and oh, did you know that she had this or he had that or whatever? And it was just, if, before you know it, it's turned into basically mean girls on gaming yeah. <laughs> or just like an alternative that other people that no one likes to talk about is just like like you said catfishing but we don't know if this is a 60 year old man trying to lure in you know exactly. a kid, and i'm not comfortable with that at all correct, yeah, correct. particularly with and, discord obviously being 13 plus there's there's some big red flags there starting to form before yeah. we've even got it off the ground and then uh just real quickly on top of that it's just like I've had a lot of reports regarding that stuff, but like in in terms of dating, I think if you make a community centered around dating, you have all those problems. Plus the fact that that's the only reason those people are there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you don't really have any quality content. And yes. in my personal experience, like every time when I was younger and I tried to force like, Oh, I want a partner. I want to be with someone. It, it never worked out. and like, I don't necessarily discourage dating from people. It's more like let it happen naturally because honestly, having a partner is not 100% the thing you need in your life. You have to focus on yourself and be you first. I guess Absolutely. That, we're basically out of the hour. I mean, do you guys mm-hmm. have any statements that you want to wrap up with or any thoughts that we haven't touched? I guess. I think we pretty much touched everything that we had uh, as far as topics. How do we help yeah. people that are dealing with gender dysphoria as a community? Like, what do you mean? Like, people in the LGBT community help those who are experiencing it? And like having a trans chat or having health resources to help them with the transition? I think um, just from my personal experience, like, dysphoria is very different from person to person. Yeah. I think not gatekeeping on whether or not someone is trans based on how much or how little dysphoria that they have is a good start. Yeah. Um, because trans is very like 
definitive from person to person. It, it's very much a spectrum. Um, helping them through it is really just being supportive. Yeah, and being honestly. a very welcoming community that yeah. supports you through it. Because honestly, that, that's a path, unfortunately, that they have to walk virtually alone. Like the only way that anyone else can really help is like if they have a pronoun preference or something that they prefer that makes them more comfortable is just to try and remember that and respect that. And then if you hear other people intentionally misgendering them, like if you're in a VC, like don't necessarily call it out in public unless they're okay with that, but maybe just DM the user and say, Hey, by the way, they really don't you know, prefer this. They prefer that instead. Could you please do that? Like just having their back and helping them pin them themselves because they constantly have to defend themselves would be a good start. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I think that. Oh, I think have any, any thoughts? Yeah, and I think also a big point is that they don't have to transition to be trans. And yep. that's a big that's a big yeah. big point you have to make for them. Because a lot of people just think that you have to go through the process to be trans and that's not the way it is. Yeah, there's so many reasons that. why you wouldn't Yeah. There's medical reasons, uh just Age is a big factor as well. Um, I probably would have done more had I not been older when I finally came out, honestly, but oh well. <laughs> I think as a takeaway for me in all of this, it's just about respect. The yeah. whole the whole yeah. conversation, the whole the whole hour that we've had, I think it keeps coming back to respect. Respect for the community, respect for each other. Um, I, I, I have been sort of joking about obviously there's there's enough dicks on the internet but don't be a don't be a dick it's not good <laughs> you don't need to add yeah please don't please don't yeah we don't need another dick on the internet um <laughs> so yeah I, I just think just just respect just just treat everyone with respect in, in whatever way shape or form but i had a really good hour thank you yeah, yeah it was good it was funny well, thank you all for coming out on Twitch and uh, in the Discord here. Um, and we'll have the VOD available. So if you want to relive any of the amazing moments that we had during the span, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should do a highlight reel. Yeah. Is it only going to be just don't be a dick? Because there are plenty on Pornhub, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's the main takeaway. Yeah. As an hour long takeaway, that's, yeah, it's 10 second wrap up. Amazing. Thank you.